glad to be able to have this opportunity this morning to bring the word in here with all of you. So thank you for giving me this opportunity, Suzanne. And Pastor Mark asked if I would be available, and I said yes. So let's start in a word of prayer, because I'm breathing deeply, and I need to get myself ready. So bow your heads with me, please. Lord, thank you for this opportunity this morning. Thank you that we can be here together to enter into your goodness to receive of your word. Thank you for what you've put in my heart to share this morning. And I just thank you for ears that hear and hearts and minds that receive. Thank you for the power of your word, that it changes our lives. And thank you for your grace this morning, as that's what we're going to talk about. Thank you for moving in and through my life and for bringing your grace in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the mystery of God's grace, that's what I've been excited about lately and studying about and felt really impressed to share. And so this morning, I want us to look at a scripture in Colossians to start out, Colossians 2.2. It's going to be on the screen there, so you don't have to turn there. It says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Christ is the mystery. He's grace. And everything is hidden in him. And he has so much more for for us in our lives than we could ever even begin to understand. And when I was talking to a friend of mine that I work with at this school, her name's Kim, she was talking to me about grace one day. And she said, you know, I grew up Catholic, and I didn't know the word grace. She said, I didn't know what it meant until I came to know the Lord. And then she said, I heard this word grace. And I had to sit down with a teacher and with the Bible and say, show me what it is because I don't understand it. I've never heard it. What is grace? And that blew my mind because I grew up knowing the grace of God. And for someone to have grown up not knowing it was a mystery to me. And he's the mystery of God, Jesus. He's grace. He's truth. He's merciful, abounding in love. And we have this mystery, this treasure on the inside of us as believers. He directs us in all of our ways. And we have been given his life. And what I love is that he speaks to us the same way that he spoke to the Apostle Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 16. And starting at verse 16 this morning, we're going to read about Paul and Silas being thrown in prison. This is one of my favorite stories in the early church. This story encompasses grace in all its fullness. Grace that is merciful, powerful, freeing, strong, mighty, keeping, understanding, and loving. Because grace is never weak. So this passage begins with a peek into Paul's day. And he and a group of other believers were on their way to pray. And they were met by someone. So chapter 16, verse 16, 
Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So grace empowers. You know, this girl was following them for several days. The spirit was taunting them, mocking, right? And it's interesting to me that Paul just kind of ignored for a while. And then all of a sudden he was so annoyed. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. Come out of her. And this girl was free. She was set free in that moment. And the Lord wants us to be reminded that whatever troubling situation, person or struggle or annoyance you may face in a day, the spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit is with you to give you the power to change the situation. This was a pretty awesome change. This girl's life was forever changed. It wasn't just that Paul wasn't having to be annoyed by her anymore. She was transformed. She was delivered. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, Having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, here's what's really cool about this specific word, abound, in the Greek. Excuse me. The word is perisuo. That's how you say it, abound. And it means to exceed a fixed number of measure. Exceeds. It exceeds a fixed number of measure. To be at hand in abundance overflows unto one in large measure. So the grace of God abounds to us so much that there's no measure. It can't be numbered. It's in abundance. It overflows to us. That's how his grace is to us. It abounds in all things at all times. So we have all that we need. So do you feel empowered yet? Anybody? All right, let's look at verse 19. We're going to go 19 through 24. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here they were being attacked by the enemy of their souls. 
And it was coming out in physical ways through people. But the enemy of our souls is always working hard to stir up hatred, indictments, accusations, lies, whatever he can use to try to keep us from moving forward in the goodness and grace of God. The enemy is mad about God's grace in our life, and he's going to do whatever he can do to break us down and to imprison us. But grace is freedom, and it won't back down. John 8, 31 and 32 tells us, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Though Paul and Silas were now in chains and stocks, they understood that freedom that they carried in their hearts. They had just freed a slave woman from complete and total bondage. She was no good to her earthly slave owners. Yet here they were being punished for it, for truth and freedom. Here they were being locked up and enslaved. Let's look at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Remember, they were in the inner cell. Everybody could hear them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. So in Roman times, if the prisoners escaped, then the jailer and his entire family would be killed. And so he must have thought, if I just take my life now, maybe my family will be spared. And so he was about ready to kill himself. But the grace of God was at work in such a powerful way. All the prisoners were there because they couldn't move they were free. They didn't have chains on. The doors were opened, but their hearts were completely filled with the presence and the power of God. An earthquake, God's power. An earthquake doesn't break chains off of you. That was God's power, even loosing them. God wanted them all to be free. And in that moment, they felt true freedom, but they weren't running away because they wanted what was right there in that place. And they stayed right there in that place. So freedom that won't back down was pouring out of Paul and Silas, who prayed and worshipped as others listened. It was overwhelming. It was awesome. Let's look at verse 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, I think he was talking about his physical life. He didn't know he was going to get completely freed in that moment. And then they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. They went out and found some water. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. Salvation for an entire family was the result of mercy and grace working together. So mercy and grace shook the whole place. And it set a family free. I wonder what happened to the other prisoners. I I don't think that their lives were ever the same either, but we don't know what happened with them. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. And John tells us in chapter 1, from the fullness of his grace, We have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Hebrews tells us, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have moments of need every day, every hour we need the Lord and he is abounding in our lives. I've been reading this really cool book that I actually happened to pick up at a thrift store, Grace Like Rain, Soaking Up God's Best Even When We're At Our Worst. And I found some really cool nuggets in here. The author is Jeff Pethrick and he talks about the New Testament Greek translation of the word grace, which is charis. And I love what it means. Here's what it means. That which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, and favor. The merciful kindness by which God turns people to Christ. That's what grace is. That's what grace means. This is the grace that resounds in my heart. And as believers, this is the life that we get to live out. Maybe some of you grew up in the church singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. And isn't that true? It's not just an old hymn. He is everything. He is our way. There's been countless times in my life, and I'm sure in yours too, where Christ showed up through a teacher, a friend, a family member, a leader, who put grace in action and and challenged Shaped, grew, honored, encouraged, prayed, and listened, and gave off that sweet aroma of Christ. I remember in youth group as a teenager, there was this youth leader who was so fervent in prayer, and she was so loving. And there were times when my heart was broken, and I was depressed, and She always saw whatever I was going through, and she didn't hesitate to come up and sit next to me and put her arm around me. She would ask me a few questions, and then she would just start praying over me and speaking truth over me. And I was forever changed in those moments because the grace of God would fill me and encompass me, and I would walk away going, 
you know what? God's got me. And that's what God has called us to do for one another. This is why we're here in this place together. And, and it's grace at work, and that's how God wants to use us. When I lost my little girl, Hope, um, it was about 12 years ago now, it was the loving grace of God that revealed hidden strength in me. That until you go something through something really deep and terrible, sometimes you don't know how how deep you are in him. And that's when I discovered the strength that God was, the life that he really was, the grace that he showed me when I was really hurting and broken. And when you can't understand something, when it makes no sense to you, when the miracle doesn't happen that you believed for, that's when the grace of God comes in because sometimes we won't ever understand Sometimes there's not an answer, but he's the answer. And he shows up. And he brought two friends into my life. There were not a lot of people that wanted to talk to me about my loss. People are, I think, oftentimes afraid to ask questions or they don't know what to say. And I just want to encourage you, if you have somebody who's lost a loved one, ask questions. Don't be afraid because it's in those moments, it's in coming close to somebody and sitting with them and asking questions that healing can come because that's the grace of God at work through us, working things out together. And so those were the moments when God used people in my life to show his grace and to bring healing because the spirit always gives us the words, the questions, the the heart, the ear to listen. So again, in this book, the author, Jeff, talks about grace and mercy being like two sisters who are always close to one another. I thought that was really neat. And actually have a friend who named two of her daughters Grace and Mercy. But he says, grace is getting something we don't deserve, like salvation. And mercy is not getting something we do deserve, like judgment. I learned that mercy in Aramaic literally means going through what the person is going through, experiencing it. The greatest human act of mercy is sharing God's gift of grace with people who don't know him. And we all have a lot of people in our lives who don't know him. And there's small ways that God wants us to show that grace and and continue to love on those people. Let's finish out this um, portion of Acts at verse 35. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. Hold on, I lost my place. And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. 
After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. Now, here's what I love about this. It helps us understand something really important about grace. That grace is strong. That grace is truth. That the spirit of grace doesn't allow others to walk on us or to sweep things under the rug. We're not called to be doormats as his people. God is about righteousness and truth. And he wants us to stand up and say, no, let's do it the right way. Come on, let's walk it out. And that's what grace is. Grace is no weak thing. It's powerful and strong. Grace is the mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, the end part says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's us, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He chose us. We were graced to have him give his life to us. We get to be a part of it. And here's something really neat that I learned as I studied the last couple of months and and learning about numbers and the Hebrew significance of how numbers work in the Bible. We can see lots of numbers, right? We can see 7 and 12 and 40 and we know about 666. And there's so many numbers and they all have a meaning. But if you didn't know this, I thought this was really cool. The number that represents grace is five. Now, there's a lot of reasons why, and I won't get into all of them, but we're inscribed on the palm of his hand. Obviously, he's given us five fingers and five toes, and we need all of them. (laughs) And what my favorite part that I learned about this is that the sacred anointing oil that the Lord directed Moses to make, you can read about it in Exodus chapter 30, It has five ingredients, myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, cassis, and olive oil. And this oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace. Now, when Moses was directed to make the sacred anointing oil, God told him that it was only to be used for the tent of meeting It was to be poured over the Ark of the Covenant and the table and the articles and the lampstand and all the accessories and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering and the utensils and the basin with its stand. Everything that was for forgiveness, that was for sacrifice, that was for consecration. This oil, the sacred anointing oil that represents the Holy Spirit made everything holy. And whatever touched it was made holy. And that's what we carry within us. Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit. We carry his holiness. He's made us righteous. And when we go out into the world, everything that we touch is made holy. And we can't comprehend that. None of this can we really and truly comprehend with our mind. But he says, I have made you holy. You carry within you my spirit. Now go and make things holy. We are the tent, right? We're the tent. We're the tabernacle. We carry this Holy Spirit of God. And we get to go out 
And that's why he said, I have given you a seal, a guarantee, a deposit, the hope of glory. He gave us his Holy Spirit as the seal that not only just do we get to experience this goodness and this glory and this grace on earth and bring other people into his kingdom, but then we have the hope of glory. This promised Holy Spirit has sealed us for that day of redemption when we get to be with him forever. We carry the hope of glory. And that's just so amazing and so beautiful. So his precious blood covers us and he's given us his Holy Spirit. And now we get to go out and be partakers of bringing other people into his kingdom by his grace. And sometimes it's the smallest things that we do and say that will spark the goodness of God in some someone's life and cause them to be hungry for him. Sometimes it's bigger things, but usually it's the small things. And I want just to encourage you to, to stay focused on who he is in your life. Because there's no good thing that we lack. He's given us everything. There's nothing we lack. And he says to abide in him, to lean in, to listen, and to walk it out. And if you're carrying a burden, you're not meant to carry it. He says, cast it on me because I care for you. And so this morning, I don't know if there's anybody in this place who doesn't know the Lord. There could be somebody who doesn't know the Lord this morning. And if you're here, he wants to meet with you. And he wants you to be in right relationship with him. We're saved by grace. Through faith. The faith is the action part. The grace has already been given to us. And then we just meet him. It's an act of faith. So if you're here in this place and you need salvation, Suzanne and I and Pastor Mitch and other ministers are here that will pray with you. I just want to have an altar time for anybody who's in need. Maybe nobody's in need, but I think there might be a few. Your presence, Lord. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your amazing love, for your sweet presence. Thank you that your word is alive and active within us today, that it is sealed and we can walk out empowered and live it out today, that we can show your grace to those around us, that we can see people the way you do, that we can be your hands and feet. We just thank you for who you are and who you're making us to be more and more like you, Jesus. When you said, be holy as I am holy, you said it because you meant it. You gave us your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for your holiness. We thank you that you make us holy, that we are whole in you. And that we can bring this life and this love and this holiness to those around us. And we can see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, Jesus. We praise your name today. Amen.